Hello, everyone. Welcome to Harmonic Heart. We're a music blog dedicated to showcasing musicians' stories and talent. I'm your host, Chris Millette. I'm excited to have DMV-based indie pop rock band Grey Wolf today for an interview. So welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Grey Wolf is a trio of multi-talented musicians. So each will have an opportunity to share all that they do. Um, but generally, here today, we have Freddie on lead vocals and guitar, Sam on vocals, guitar, bass, and clarinet, and Sully on drums and vocals. Yeah, so sweet, you know, guys. So we met at Just Rock Enterprises, which is a music company based in the DMV area, you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, but um, Just Rock also has services in various parts of the country. Um, so, you know, you all, your band, Grey Wolf, and CEO, Shalita White, have just been a, a welcoming presence, positive presence at Just Rock, and I've really had a, you know, just appreciated it, and it's been a positive experience for me. So, you know, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad to, uh, you know, to have met you through Just Rock and to, um, to have been a positive experience for you. Yeah, it's been, you know, affirming, so um, I've been really glad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd love to know how Grey Wolf came together. Well, uh, let's see. It, we formed this year in 2020, and um, it kind of started with me and Sam. We, uh, we, we both work at Just Rock, as you mentioned, and so that's how we kind of met. And um, we had collaborated a couple times, uh, you know, doing various Just Rock events, and uh, as we are both instructors there. So... I don't remember which one of us, but I, one of us were like, we're like, we should start a band, you know? Hey. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we kind of, you know, just kept collaborating and uh, brainstorming. And, and I remember it was very quickly, like uh, very early on, we came up with the name Grey Wolf. Mm -hmm. um, you remember why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we tell the story to get it officially? Sorry. So I'm taking my hat off for a reason right now. Uh, probably oh. camera, but um, Freddie and I have have quite a few gray hairs at our respective. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool look. It's a cool look. Yeah, man. You know, a lot, a lot of people. I'm I'm still looking to, but I I feel like now that we we named Gray Wolf partly partly because of the hair, it was kind of a big influence. So we, uh, I'm I'm not reluctant to actually you know die. Because I was I was all for it at first, but now I'm like maybe I should just do something that he's <laughs> a little <laughs> So that's um so you guys are kind of joking about your your hair. So is that the the backstory of Grey Wolf, the band? That's kind of original inspiration. Um like it, it sounded cool for one, you know. It does. Cool and then um but also like we had a few gray hairs and uh, what else? Like um, we, we tried to make the spelling unique. So yeah. <laughs> hard to stand out these days. There's so many bands and artists and everyone's already got a name. So right. it's been pretty available, especially spelling. So. so if you're looking us up on social media, G-R-E-Y-W-U-L-F. Gray Wolf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, uh, and there was a there's a ton, ton of pictures obviously of like wolves online but i i tried to 
you know, my, my sister, um, my younger sister just got um, into like FIT and all that. So I asked her to, to make this little drawing for us. And that's the current drawing we have up there on the Instagram page, oh. um, which, I, which I like that, that kind of, for me, solidified, like, okay, you know, Grey Wolf can, we, we have like a little uniqueness now in, in mm. image. Oh. Yeah, we are yeah. your sister, because that's an amazing piece of artwork. Um, we might have to use it on our album cover, you know. Hey, okay, okay. But um, I did want to continue to tell the story a little bit more because... Uh, we haven't mentioned Sully. The name and, and did a few performances. That's when we started saying, we need a drummer. Like, we need a third mm. person to found out this sound. So we auditioned a few people. I think back in August, and um, we met Sully. He had uh, responded to a, a want ad we put out there. So um, that's how we met Sully, and he came to audition for us, and he was great. And, you know, so we were like, you want to join Grey Wolf? And he was like, and so, and so he was like, yeah, so here we are, you know. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay, Sully made the cut. <laughs> yeah, that was the last to join, but... um. I really liked what they had going for them as far as um, like one of the first covers they had was Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. And um, Freddie sent me a, a demo of or a, a live recording of them playing it. And I thought I could add a lot to that one. So Sucker is one of the first ones that we ever did. And then Sam and Freddie each have a couple originals too that uh, also intrigued me. And we're still working on, on those as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, some I guess uh, an impression I have of your band you know each of y'all are kind guys and and multi-talented just very talented at what you do so um, it seems like it's a a good mesh you know the three of you together yeah yeah we get along pretty well and like uh, I think our talents do complement each other um, I'm 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 very happy with the combination of the three of us you know uh, everything we each bring to the table mm. Yeah. Versatile. I mean, Sam can play like any instrument. Can you say that again? I said you guys are both really versatile, and Sam can play like any instrument. <laughs> I can. I well, a few. No. <laughs> um, I, I, I was gonna the particular thing are harmonies. Um, you know, even even obviously going through music school, harmony is not really something I think of when I'm doing my original stuff, and it's just me on like the SoundCloud um so the gray wolf experience has been really enlightening to get some of these you know we we, we do some awesome covers but we we got some originals that are really coming together oh. um, they come together quick hmm. um and each each one of us really can put together a really nice harmony so hmm. Hmm. if i don't know the words to a song then you know sully can take care of that for me you know <laughs> it's vice versa <laughs> wow. freddie's the one who knows harmonies really well and he can help us find uh, whatever note we're trying to hit because I'm still getting better at that as a singing drummer. You know, playing drums and harmonizing is one of the hardest things I think to do simultaneously. And that's actually what I think is I'm really excited about with this project, this band, is that I'm used to playing really hard rock stuff and I'll sacrifice a drum solo or a guitar solo if it means that our harmonies are all elevated together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like yeah. I got um, really excited that uh, both of these guys like to sing because um, for me, I would say that singing is my primary instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the first thing I love to do musically. So 
uh, everything else kind of came after. Like I, um, I learned piano, guitar, saxophone. Um, saxophone was actually my first instrument mm-hmm. uh, in middle school. But um, I, I feel like uh, over time I developed a good ear for harmonies and and um, I'm happy to have these two guys, especially like Sully and the drums. I know it's hard to do drums and sing at the same time. So, and probably bass and sing at the same time too for Sam. So like, uh, you know, I, I think everyone is amazing. Like we're, we're kind of just seeing what we're able to do and it, and it all comes out pretty good, I think, when we're done with it. You all are fans of great music and, you know, that comes through in the songs you decide to cover in, in your performances. Um, let me see. I think two, well, yeah, tell me, tell me about mm, specifically that, like how you guys choose songs. I've also noticed your band values like history and paying tribute to musical legacies. Um, so like, what's the importance of you know, paying tribute and respecting, you know, musicians that have come before. And then also how do you choose songs to cover and, and rehearse those? So um, I would say that um, when we choose which songs to cover, um, it's interesting because like, first thing is we, we want to figure out where our goal is as a band. So like we have um, a few original songs. We have a few covers as well. We always want to have a nice mix, you know, something like it kind of brings in new people when they can recognize a song they've heard, but um, hopefully they like the original stuff too, you know? So, um, but when it comes to covers, um, I like to have each of us, you know, pick a song to work on because it's pretty manageable with just the three of us to learn three new songs for practice, you know? And then um, and then when we each pick something, we can kind of, uh, you know, share our musical interests and, um, and all feel kind of invested in what we're doing. So um, it's not like one person is dictating that you all have to play all these songs, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think as you were talking about uh, how we like to pay tribute to artists. Um, I think that comes out because uh, we're, most of us are music educators. We, we value the history of it. We really want um, to show respect to the artists who came before us, who influenced us. So um, I think that's a, also a big part of um, the songs we choose. And, and uh, just we just have a good time with it and hope that our audiences do too. Hmm. I wanted to maybe super quick throw out the um, we recently uh, a little shout out to us ourselves <laughs> we, we recently got a, a little um, cover in the uh, Hyattsville Wire and we did uh, Johnny Nash I can see clearly now and we were just playing mm-hmm. outside so that um, you know we can kind of take um, the, these tribute songs of artists who have passed away and uh, we, we, we definitely stick to um, originality and then adding their own little twist, try to, try to really, uh, make, make it pop, make it still, make it still lively and danceable. So I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I would add that it's, 
very collaborative and sometimes we'll come up uh, we'll come to rehearsal and we'll each pick a song and so like I can see clearly now that was one of Freddie's picks um, he also chose change of season um, but like I chose don't dream it's over by crowded house and uh, a song called she's got a problem by fountains of Wayne and Adam Schlesinger was one of the songwriters who passed away earlier this year so we did kind of have that theme for that one uh, performance of paying tribute to lost artists um, or artists that passed away recently. Um, the other one was Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. You can talk. No, that was it. Just it, it's very collaborative that way. Yeah, okay. I, I did a shout out to Eddie Van Halen as well because uh, we did You Really Got Me. That was a fun one that we enjoyed doing. And, um, and he passed away earlier this year as well. Like. Uh, we lost a lot of great artists this year. A lot of people are losing, you know, friends, family. Um, it's a very tough year for a lot of people. So we uh, we keep that in mind as we uh, perform. Um, like, I, uh, if if the guys don't mind me speaking for them, it's just that like we kind of really want to make music that people will enjoy. Hopefully, maybe feel inspired by or just have a good time, you know, kind of let go of some of the stresses of the world. Yeah, I mean, if I say, you know, myself, yeah, your music, it's very upbeat and, and yeah, it spreads joy and I really, you know, enjoy it. Who are some of your influences, you know, um, musically? Oh man, I think we, I think we all actually got pretty different musical backgrounds that have come together. Oh, that'd be interesting yeah. to hear that. Yeah, they're similar, but they're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll say. I mean, my dad listened to hard rock all the time, and then my mom was listening to like, you know, Carol King. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> even for me, my I, I I always bring it back to in third grade. I heard um, the song called "Indestructible" by Disturbed, and that is really mm-hmm. that's really hard rock. And <laughs> um, I just listened to hard rock, heavy metal for a long time, and it wasn't until like junior year of high school I started to discover a little bit of rap and I was like okay I like that and then got into college um even though I played the clarinet in college classical music was never really my thing mm-hmm. but I did I did get an invested interest in a whole lot of other music in college because of that um and so for me the heavy metal started to dwindle a little bit and now really I I listen to a lot of hip-hop rap even R&B and soul is, is starting to come into my my collection and uh oh well I, I still i still have my little metal rock and roll roots mm-hmm. come together yeah. you want to go next sully yeah, i mean i uh i had a unique upbringing simply because my dad is a musician he's been playing for over 50 years now and mm-hmm. so he's a drummer mm-hmm. so i could just take drum lessons for free from him mm-hmm. um and I've been playing since I was about 10 years old, which would make it about 15 years. Um, I never wanted to play anything other than pop rock. Um, I grew up on oldies. Um, my dad raised me on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and the Police and uh, artists like that. And uh, even like older though, like the Beatles and the Stones. I mean, I just grew up listening to classic rock. And like, I know a lot of modern artists now simply because I kind of have to if I'm going to play a pop show where they want to play the top 40 hits. But um, <laughs> that was my upbringing. And then, you know, I was an athlete before I was ever 
a rocker. I mean, I, when I, my first love was football and baseball and I wanted to go into the NFL when I was 13, you know, but I played football all four years and then I just realized I didn't, I wasn't good enough. So I, I kind of, one of those people who I switch my passion, like I focus on one thing. So at the time it was football and now it's completely music. Um, and I graduated and I joined one band that I helped form. That was kind of a new wave cover band. And then I was part of an original garage uh, rock band, a hard rock band, and I lived with them in DC. And then I filled in with like three or four other artists, and now I'm in Grey Wolf uh, full time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm, wow. Mm. I just learned a few things there I didn't know. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can kind of relate to what you said about having different passions, but ultimately kind of choosing music. Like, uh, I'll just throw out two other things I'm really interested in. Like um, growing up, I loved uh, visual arts and drawing. Um, and, uh, and I still do, but like, I did kind of feel like in life, I kind of had to choose like, what am I gonna put most of my energy and focus towards? So um, I did kind of, I do gravitate to music a lot. Um, just because it's, I help, it helps to be able to focus on one thing sometimes. And, um, but to answer the question about influences, um, it's funny, like, uh, like I was raised on a lot of uh, Motown and, uh, you know, doo-wop and like stuff from the 50s and 60s and 70s. And, um, and I really enjoy it, like, um, you know, everything like folk music classic rock all that stuff like um so i i definitely grew up in with an appreciation for the oldies but then i also enjoyed the stuff that was uh current at the time like a lot of music from the 2000s made a big impression on me <laughs> i was a 2000s kid like mm. all the uh pop rock like uh you know there's a, like, like there's so much going on at the time so like there's a lot of great artists, um, you know, there's a lot of great artists in every era. So as an educator, I try to, you know, learn more about what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I really have an appreciation for like every genre, every, you know, era, but I think the stuff that comes out strongest through Grey Wolf is the kind of pop rock uh, stuff. Um, with maybe some classic rock influences. Hmm. Yeah, that's really oh. interesting to hear. Go ahead. Yeah. I wanted to add that in high school, I, I did jazz band, which mm -hmm. really was a formative experience for me. Like, I also did like the wind ensemble and, and the, oh. you know, uh, I was playing saxophone, mm -hmm. but uh, the jazz band was where I really learned what it takes to be a musician. Oh. And I feel like Sam probably can speak to a similar experience because he did jazz as well. And, and that kind of, I feel like jazz opens up your world when you're starting to learn about music. Like it's such a unique uh, and uh, special genre. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, how do you think that, you know, you said jazz really taught you, you know, really I'm paraphrasing, I guess, like what music is. So um, how so? How do you feel like like learning jazz and being in the jazz band opened you up in that way? Well, um, 
when I first started learning music, you learn uh, all the traditional things, you know, how to read music in standard notation, how to read notes on a page, how to, uh, you know, uh, play. Like, well, I told you I was in my school's uh, wind ensemble, yeah. uh, different school bands. Um, through, but um, in jazz band is where I was introduced to things like boards, soloing, and, um, and okay. it opened up my education in a way that was like I don't know what this means but I know I want to know what this means mm, mm. Uh, eventually I did learn what chords and soloing and such right. means mm -hmm. improvisation and all this stuff right. that that you don't really get a chance to exercise in a typical uh, school band setting mm. in my uh in my personal experience I can't speak to everyone's experience mm. yeah that's interesting. I mean, I, even I can, you know, relate to that in terms of, you know, experiences growing up where I had to, you know, learn songs. I think it's different when you're learning song, like, a, you know, a series of songs versus, you know, being taught theory in a way to be able to compose yourself. Well, it's, it's, um, it, it's definitely different. Um, you know, not not better or good, but it's definitely different when a uh, band director gives you a piece of music um, that you probably don't even know. I, I always go to the little whole suite. Um, that's like a little wind ensemble standard in, in the high school things. Um, oh. It's way different, like a, a whole suite, you know, you got the one clarinet part in front of you or, or a saxophone and um, totally different experience learning. I can see clearly now just as a cover. Mm, mm. Uh, I I would like to quickly say um, just what you and Freddie have said um, to it's like the, the passions. I, I think that's, it's powerful to, but um, w when you immerse yourself in just this idea of music, uh, when you really pick apart each aspect of music um, and you can kind of get a little hand in each one, I think that's when then the, the little magic, the little sparks really, really do start to happen. Um, I, I had a, a interesting, I'll, I'll try to keep it a little short. I had an interesting experience as a, you know, uh, going into education, music education in college. Um, my growing up is very, I would say standard. Um, and like uh, I picked up the clarinet um, when I was in fourth grade. Um, and in my mind, I actually picked up the clarinet because I, I wasn't really interested in the other instruments, but I saw the clarinet and I had remembered that Squidward from SpongeBob played the clarinet. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was my, that was the instant gratification. I, I literally <laughs> went, oh, I actually know that one. I will go try it. Nice. And so here we are like, what, 13, 15 years later or something. <laughs> um, uh, but I started, I remember going home and, you know, I would always have the pieces of music and my, my my one of my more favorite stories is just me it's like i never i never really practiced the band music and like um i i always looked at it and i would run through it but it wasn't really my thing i was never into the notes but when i was a kid i would put on my headphones and listen at the time i would put on disturbed and i i got to really know how it sounded like on like the clarinet and i would i would play through the vocal melodies and then go to the guitar solos and so one day I like I like hit the upper register and my fourth grade teacher was like whoa you could do that and put me into the fifth grade band and it just started like like 
kind of progressing, even though my notation reading skills were not the best. Um, but then I, you know, and I, I think um, from from the education standard, education standpoint, um, sometimes in schools we put a lot of emphasis on notation reading, um, and it and it potentially takes away from some of the actual music making or the creative process that that tends to happen. So, um, you know, now now I'm in a I'm in a high school right now where, of course. Um, coronavirus has put us all online but even before that we were um you know I had some keyboards I had a drum set in the back but really I I, I one of the first things I asked the students is well what kind of music do you like like um and we go we go right to the computers we go to a little recording program audacity and we um use beat makers online uh we we pick apart lyrics I like to use um I like to use genius lyrics and then actually ask the kids to put in their own annotations because sometimes annotations um can be wrong <laughs> on there um and so just when when each student has their own kind of unique music experience whether it's creating a piece or responding um and I think it's just important to uh, that the individualism in that in that student comes out when when in music um, it's you know there people can sometimes be lost if you are placed in a, in that large ensemble and you got the one director up there and each person is playing their own piece of music that comes together and then that's why you know sometimes we see uh, people start to drop out and that's why the high school groups get smaller and smaller because people kind of start to to separate they go maybe music isn't for me mm -hmm. but you know music is for everybody and, and everybody is musical yeah. um kind of going along with this conversation um one of the things that inspired this podcast is you know I'm, sometimes we see people at the end or like where they are now and i'm really curious how they got started so you know for each of you how did you guys get into music and how have you developed your skills, you know, in those various ways? Uh, you want me to go first? Anybody oppose? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, so obviously uh, we talked about Squidward. Um, <laughs> and uh, going through, I, I did the jazz band when I was in seventh grade. Uh, my teacher uh, gave me a tenor saxophone. I absolutely loved it. I went home and like tried to play for two hours because I couldn't get any of the low notes. Um, big turn I did uh, so I, I grew up um, Long Island New York and uh, there was a group called Nassau Suffolk that was an audition wind ensemble that I that I played uh, uh, Mr. Levy was the conductor absolutely loved him um, and that, that was really cool that was like a kind of um, because it was a lot more I, I would say advanced pieces for one way or another but it, it was it was fun I had a good time um, and so that was a lot of fun I got to play next to my friends at big turning point for me when I was in high school. Um, I was doing a summer camp called U-Stan uh, in high school. That was kind of like, um, you know, I had a little clarinet studio and then it was an ensemble and then we saw different acts and I did the jazz band in the afternoon. But somebody came into U-Stan one day, uh, Miss Under Coughlin. Um, she's now um, Dean of SUNY Purchase um, in college. And she was talking about a group called Face the Music and it was a contemporary jazz band in New York City that toured around. And I, I like asked my mom and she, she did let me do it even though it was a little, a little costly to go on the train every single Sunday. <laughs> but 
that in that experience just it, it, it changed my entire like perception of what I wanted to do I, I think at that moment because I it was like a contemporary jazz so we not only were playing this kind of weird wild music but we got to meet the composers um mm -hmm. the first piece was ever uh we played a piece called Three Fragments and the composer was Vijay Iyer mm -hmm. it was just this chilled really relaxed guy and it was wild it, it's as someone some of it sounded bad but in a good way and we just went out there and Lincoln Center atrium um, I'm, I was hauling around a tenor saxophone and like pouring rain at midnight trying to get back to the train. But like the rush, the rush of it all, I, I, I loved every second of it. So that was a, a huge turning point where I was like, yes, I want to go into music. And then when I, when I hit college, um, I think I, I knew I was like, okay. So I, I see some of the directions to go in, like being a music educator. You know, a lot, a lot of the directions that we're pointing was like, I, I think I knew I didn't want to be the orchestra director. I didn't really even want to be a clarinetist in the orchestra or one ensemble. It wasn't me. Um, and but I was, I was a little lost. I was a little lost my freshman year. I was like, I'm not really sure. Like, I want to teach, but maybe this is not the way I want to teach. And then I, I met my education professor my sophomore year I was just in a, a music teaching class and I went into his office one day after class and I was like I, uh, I I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing at all I don't know what questions to ask and we sat down for four and a half hours that day on that oh. meeting and mm -hmm. that changed me I, mean, I, I, I it made me completely think differently about education um, mm -hmm. it was like oh you know things you know education and the way schools some, sometimes, sometimes, you know, the way schools are, doesn't actually have to be that way. And um, you just got to be the little, the little powerhouse. And, and as a teacher, you got to be the, the force. You know, if you, if you, if you're going in and you are replicating some of the things that were taught to you, you know, I, 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 I just to keep myself out of trouble, I, I just might say I'm, it might just get, you know, the, the repetition is not exactly um, advancing. It's not, it, it just kind of becomes a cycle rather than progressing. Um, so, so just to kind of wrap it up, I, I, met, I met this dude, um, my professor, and then I completely changed and I based everything I wanted to do off that. And I, education was my strong suit. And um, yeah, I moved right out of, graduated from college, came over to Maryland got a job in Capitol Heights. And then like a month later, I got a job at Just Rock and I met everybody here. Uh, all good, all good from there. Okay, in college you studied clarinet? Like you focused on that? Yeah, I had, um, I, I had my music education bachelor's and then I did the clarinet performance bachelor's. Um, and I, I, I wanted to, a couple of my friends were like, you just want to be an educator. Why bother? But I was like, no, I'm, I want to do it because <laughs> I do like, um, and I also got into this composer. Uh, her name is Libby Larson. Um, mm. Anybody listening, go check out Libby Larson, one of my favorite clarinet composers. She's just absolutely wild. I loved all of her pieces. I wanted to play all of them. Mm. Um, so she was a big inspiration. I really tried to get away from, you know, my, my professor begged me to play that Mozart clarinet concerto, and I was like, I'm not going to do it. All four years, I'll not do it. I don't, I don't particularly care about Mozart. I shouldn't. <laughs> um, but uh, but I do want to play Libby Larson, and not only that, I could email Libby Larson and ask her about the piece. So it was just that's one of my stuff. But yeah, the 
Squidward, you care about Squidward more than Mozart. I do care about Squidward most, more than Mozart. Squidward <laughs> was a bigger inspiration to me than Mozart was. <laughs> yes, Squidward was super impactful. How'd you pick up guitar and bass? Um, <laughs> I, uh, so I, going into college, they, they told me I needed that professional clarinet. So I did a little Sam Ash deal where I got some money back depending on how much I spent. And so I bought the clarinet, got this card a few days later, and my mom was like, go buy accessories to your clarinet. And I came home that day from the music store with an electric black Ibanez guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, well, it was, it was not a, it was not a, a good little visit after that, but that slowly, you know, she was like, I told you to, I told you to get the clarinet things. So I totally got a guitar. <laughs> But I just started to learn. I, I was I I learned. I think the first thing I learned was what the power chord was, and I was like, "Oh, you can do this on the entire guitar." Okay, this mm-hmm. worked. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then. I see. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see. I see. Okay. Well, let's see. Well, who's next? All right. Well, it's funny. You know, I can tell. Is it cool if I go, Freddie? Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's kind of cool because I can already tell that Freddie and Sam um, have definitely more of a classical classically trained background than I do I was I was taught more intuitively and to kind of feed off the energies of the band that you're with um so for instance I, I don't know much about music theory at all I'm, I'm trying to learn more and Freddie helps actually a, a little bit with that at rehearsals um particularly with hitting the right harmony which again I'm still trying to get better at but um so again football was my first love I wanted to go in the NFL and but at that same time I did play the drums um and then even before that I played the violin like the violin was the first instrument I ever played um I was the only one taking private lessons in addition to school lessons so because of that I was the one who got solos in the class but then I just kind of drifted away from violin and I wanted to play something more upbeat and rocking and uh you know, realizing that my dad was a drummer and he could teach me for free seemed pretty nifty. So that took off and I took a little piano for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't again until after I graduated college in 2017 that I realized I wanted to take music seriously and treat it as a profession in addition to a hobby, you know, like a part-time job sort of thing. Um, so I treat it really seriously. I created a booking video. I treat networking seriously on Instagram. I have a, a business card. Um, that's the thing also with, with like things like Instagram is I've noticed that each musician has to kind of figure out their niche and exactly what kind of look and sound they're going for. It's a little harder as a drummer because I'm just, I, I'm usually not the one, the drummer is the one who's not in control of the band usually. So I'm doing what the singer's telling me or the guitar player or the bassist even. Um, so, you know, it's like, how do I stand out? And I'm still working on that. But one thing that I'm trying to stand out is literally just the, the name that I go by, which is Sully. Um, and Sully started on the high school football team. I never told anyone to call me that. <laughs> um, but, you know, a, a lot of the time the coaches and players call you by your last name. So instead of saying Sullivan, which is my last name, they would just do Sully, get in the game, Sully. Or why'd you drop that pass, Sully? Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, you know, one less syllable. Um, and then it took off from there. Like 
I don't remember who said it exactly first. I think it was one of the coaches and then all the players are saying it and then all the cheerleaders are saying it and all the girls in school are saying it and other friend groups, even teachers are calling me Sully and I've never told anyone to call me that name. <laughs> um, my first name is Michael, by the way. <laughs> so <All right. laughs> um, it wasn't until college where I said, you know, I kind of like Sully. It's a little more original and unique and um, it just seems like kind of a cooler name. And, and so I started asking people to call me Sully in college. And then after college, I realized it's actually a cool kind of music alias. Like, you know how Sting goes by Sting? It's not a first or a last name. It's just Sting. It's just a mm. name. Um, so I kind of like that also because in the very rare event that I somehow get quote unquote famous, you know, I want like an alias to fall back on so people don't really know who I am. So I'm not Michael Sullivan. I'm Sully. In case anyone tries to like find me or look me up or whatever, I can always fall back on Sully. <laughs> um, Maybe we should getting aliases. yeah right no i just it's just part of branding you know and networking and um oh your secret now you just revealed it (laughs) yeah i revealed it now but who knows you know maybe no one will see this (laughs) (laughs) right like you're already famous you're on the podcast you know that's true that's true i just blew my coverage right but um no it's just it's that's that's part of it you know is is branding yourself and figuring out exactly what kind of look and style you're going for um you know i Again, I'm trying to get better at as a singing drummer because I think you get more gigs the more things you can do. Mm-hmm. Which is also why I play ukulele now. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm kind of self-taught on that. I mean, I watch YouTube videos on how to play, but um, I write songs now too. I'm a songwriter and it's mm-hmm. easy to kind of fiddle around on a ukulele. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, <laughs> one more thing is it's kind of funny to compare songwriting styles with these guys because... Like I can tell Sam's very like thoughtful and sincere and like Freddie has a song um, called Let's Fall in Love Tonight and it's more like kind of poppy and upbeat and a, and a love song. And then I just write songs that are like over-sexualized and raunchy mm. and like the awkwardness of love and tongue-in-cheek views on awkwardness and relationships and mm. girls. Mm. And so I, you know, because I don't have a great voice, I try and compensate by adding my humor into it. Mm. So mm. I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> like one song i wrote recently is called cougar and it's about falling in love with a cougar and you think that uh, you think that because she's older that she's got it all together and then as you slowly get to know her better you realize that she's just as crazy as everyone else so you know, i'm trying to it's oh, in the same realm of like stacy's mom or jesse's girl or uh, the cars girl, you know so that's that's what i try to do is i try to make my songs funny and they're not to be taken seriously at all so they're just fun and you know, then more of your, you know, yourself and your personality come through as well. Yeah. I actually think that's very funny. It reminds me of a band, Psycho Stick. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that, Sully? No. You said Psycho Stick? Yeah, it's a band, Psycho Stick. They have a song like, I Wish I Had a Taco. Um, <laughs> I actually, I didn't even really think of that, but I, I think our writing styles... I think I think I I don't want I don't want to generalize. I know Freddie definitely Freddie Freddie's very very nice and polite, um, and in like in like a great way. Like I I absolutely love that original you have. Um, I find personally I think my better better writing pieces are when it's kind of that sad, um, sad. Bro, 
sad boy, sad boy, lonely boy. Um, or, or, or like even like that touch of angry. I think that's where my, I can really start to put things together. And then Sully is humorous. Yes, this is how. Yeah, it's I, mean, I, I am going to LA soon to record a song I wrote called Horny. Not being horny in quarantine. So it's something that hopefully we can all relate to. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm done for the rest of the interview. <laughs> put, the, put that little E on there before we put this up. <laughs> we just, we just back. That's funny. Oh, yeah. So, Freddie, what about you? Well, um, uh, let's see if I have any secrets to share about my origin story. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess like how um, Sam said, which word kind of influenced him to want to play clarinet? Uh, I've told Sam this story. I was kind of influenced by uh, Ernie on Sesame Street at a very young age. Nice. Full song. You got to put down the ducky if you want to play the saxophone. And like, as a kid, that left a very strong impression on me. Like, mm. the saxophone became my favorite instrument. Yeah. Uh, I had a toy saxophone. And when I was old enough to pick a real instrument, um, I was uh, in fourth grade. And, you know, I had the opportunity to be in the school band and I uh, picked the saxophone. And, and that's uh, kind of where my real musical education began. Um, like, uh, you know, I still play the saxophone. Uh, it's not my primary instrument, but I do have a love for it. Um, like I said, I, I ended up doing wind ensemble in high school, a jazz band my sophomore year. I, I, I progressed to first chair by my senior year, and it was just a really great experience being uh, in the two bands in high school. Um, when I went to college, I it's kind of funny because, okay, so backtracking a little bit, um, back in high school, I also started doing theater my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I discovered musical theater, I loved it. Um, you know, so I, it fit in with the singing, which I already loved doing. So um, I guess by the time I went to college, I, I tried majoring in theater um, and I and then the sophomore year I tried minoring in music. Um, long story short, college wasn't for me. <laughs> I didn't finish, but uh, you know, but my musical education never stopped. So um, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, just kept up learning and uh, also church, you know, church, mm. post-college actually, church became a great place for me to explore uh, and learn music. Like um, people at church were very, you know, uh, kind and sharing of their knowledge and, you know, mentorship. And, and so I learned a lot about guitar and singing and, and doing worship. And um, so, I've done a lot of that. Um, and then in 20, I wanna say in 2015 is when I uh, started working at Just Rock. And I had, prior to that, I had done, I had a job at a daycare um, as their kind of music guy. And that's when I started really kind of 
doing music education. Like I was, it was for the youngest of kids, but uh, you know, but we had a good time. I would bring my guitar and we would play, you know, everything from ABCs to, you know, um, wheels on the bus, um, even do some fun stuff like uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. Like little kids love the song, <laughs> September. <laughs> uh. <laughs> October or December or whatever month you want to. But uh, long story short, um, I love teaching. I, I learned to love teaching kids because like they're so smart and, and curious and, and um, but you know what though? At Just Rock, we teach all ages, which is something I want to stress because I really believe that it's never too late to learn. Like so many times I'll run across an adult who's like, well, I want to learn, but you know, I feel like, you know, I never really picked it up when I was younger. So it's probably too late. And I'm like, no, it's never too late. Like uh, you can all, it's never too late to try. So, um, and actually I do have a lot of adult students who make amazing progress. I'm really proud of them. Like, yeah. So, as Sam said earlier, music is for everybody, uh, especially everybody who has interest, you know, and um, I think that uh, by now, you know, I've, I've got a love for both teaching and performing. Um, and, and like Sully mentioned, it can be a lot of work, like you, you start, a, you start to have to learn uh, to promote yourself, and what you're doing, you've got to social media you've got to find gigs you've got to you know handle the business aspect of it like um it's you you begin to wear many hats um the more serious you become uh about pursuing it professionally but and especially in these times like 2020 is kind of the worst yeah. year to have wanted to form a band but here we are God, <laughs> yeah um, like uh the economy has been hit very hard. Everyone's been hit so hard. Uh, I feel like, you know, music in some way, like live music has taken a toll, as we all know. Um, you can't really go to concert or anything. Um, like we're lucky just to have a venue at Just Rock right now because uh, we, we uh, figured out how to safely, you know, um allow small gatherings and uh and keep them sanitized and masked and everything so that uh so that we can continue to make music because it's, it's very hard these days um but you know i think that our passion makes up for the challenges of it because it pushes us to just keep going no matter what and um you know and it helps to you know have these two good guys to help help uh, you know bring it all together because uh, we encourage each other. Like uh, like if I was doing it by myself, I'd probably uh, I probably wouldn't have gotten half as far as we've gotten as a group. Mm -hmm. wow. I'm really excited about the future. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, and I love um, you know what you're saying about you know, not being too late, even if you're an adult to learn. And also, you know, actually, Freddie, like when I was in preschool, I had like a music class and they taught me to color in like the piano. So that's how I learned the, the notes on the piano. And I still, you know, remember that when I was like four years old and that kind of set me up to before I took piano lessons. So that's mm -hmm. really sweet. <laughs> um, 
I'm curious for Grey Wolf, you know, yeah, your songwriting process and how you all come together to arrange the songs to perform. Well, hmm. let's say, like Sam, we're so thankful for Sam because he does the bulk of the songwriting. <laughs> Grey Wolf, like he's every <laughs> song that we've done so far. Like, like Sully and I, we, we briefly talked about, like we've written a couple of songs, but like, the ones that we've really performed as Grey Wolf, uh, you know, we gotta give our props to Sam. I appreciate Sam, it. what's your process, man? What is that? <laughs> I sit on it for a while. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like this should be a simple question, but I'm, I'm actually, um, I can throw I, some things out there if you, if you, you, you know. know, I definitely took, um, like I have a few songs, um, from the high school days. We, we actually, so we actually perform a song called believe. Um, and that is, I, I maybe, maybe exception of one or two, but that's one of the first songs I ever really wrote that had like a bridge, a little solo section. Um, <laughs> and at the time, I, I mean, I mean, this was, maybe my my 11th and 11 when I was in 11th grade um and it's very simply based on a, a little heartbreak that I had mm-hmm. um but so I try I try to like my my styles are are I think I usually like to form a melody first mm-hmm. uh, I think of something in my head or I'll be listening to a song um and lately I've been inspired by simplicity Mm-hmm. probably going to say this for about the millionth time now but descending bass lines uh, <laughs> that's, my, okay. that's my favorite thing uh, uh chicago has it um green day uh brain right. stew mm-hmm. you know they they all got you know they all have something with the um so we just recently did one uh why make me crazy or you know why make me stupid whatever <laughs> whatever we call it um and so, so I, I think most of the time when I do, uh, before I start the writing process, I do have a melody in my head or I, or I have an idea of how I want the beat to go. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it really, it really just is, it starts as a stream of conscious for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I really, you know, you, you can look in this little notebook I have, there's, there's scribbles, there's doodles, um, Cause it really just comes to me. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm in a song right now and I, I, I've been sitting on it for like a week. I have like a, a verse and a chorus and some, but so, it, sometimes I sit on it for a while and I can come back to it. Sometimes, sometimes I write things and then I come back to it the next day and I think ah, it's a little too cheesy or, or kind of just, I don't like it. So I, I trash the whole thing, but um, for, for, I, I can pull out examples. Like why make me crazy? Um, I think I wrote in like two days. Okay. I think I, I just had it one day. I was like, okay, like um, this this works for me. I was able to kind of sing it in a in a, a range that was comfortable. And I really I really just have to pull from. All right, let me let me think of an experience. You know, <laughs> just let me think of an experience that was not too pleasant for me. Oh, and, and like, how did I really feel? And sometimes I even have to close my eyes and, and picture myself in an environment. Um, 
I, I, uh, I had to really close my eyes and uh, picture myself at the, one of my college houses uh, to think of that song, Why Make Me Crazy. And it's just like, all right, what was, what was the absolute worst of it? Uh, and just, just picturing myself in this room looking out a window. Um, <laughs> just, 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 oh, wow, you know, and, and um, one of, the, one of that, the first line, the first line in that song um, is, I'm sick of feeling sorry for myself and all my faults. I just want to sleep it off and fill the void that's in my heart. You know, that's it, it, it's a little dark. It's a little dark, but um, I really like that line. Yeah, it's uh, a great line. Because yeah. I'm just like, you know, why, why am I why am I sorry for myself if it's if it's something that I know that I I kind of um, you know had an impact on happening to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. And and I will say uh, I usually like to use like. And, and anything I, I like to use analogies of sleeping. Uh, one of my one favorite bands, Highly Suspect. Um, he has about four or five songs where he's just like, "All I want to do is freaking sleep." Uh, just and like, it's it's simple, um, but I I take a lot from that. It's like, why do I want to sleep so bad? Because why why you know anxiety um, just get to the next day, mm-hmm. or, you know? Right. So I, I you um the the one last thing I'll I'll say um probably my my current favorite song that we have um morning whiskey i think i used um kind of an influence from a band ludo um they're they're like i think they have a album from uh it's like from 2007 or something um they have like love me dead drunken laments on there and uh just kind of the weird analogies in lyricism is what i really like to pull from um so just like that i want to be your morning whiskey um you know like oh that's a little toxic and cup of coffee in the second inning all right that's a little better uh the way you smile when you're at your wedding it's like all right it's starting to turn a little polite <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of things there i see okay yeah sounds like you know you start with like a melody and then you kind of sit in an emotion and kind of you go back to an experience and um pull pull from that um and craft it into a song mm-hmm. yes wow. yeah and then um so then you bring it i'm sure it has like probably like some guitar and then you bring it to the band gray wolf and then you guys like come right what'd you um, say you record like a demo right and you send us the demo usually yeah i sit i sit there with my audacity a free free recording program i got that little blue yeti mic that i bought on like a black friday two years ago um and i just uh i'll have the metronome in my ear record it uh on my soundcloud send it over to the little group chat we have and go tell me what you think mm-hmm. um, like, is as you know he's multi-talented so like he sometimes he'll have you know vocals guitar bass drums like, like this is, he has a full idea before it comes oh. <laughs> but yeah. I will say Sully <laughs> yeah. is great at you know he's such a great drummer he can really take the base of what Sam had in mind kind of like make it even more interesting mm-hmm. uh, like uh, and then as the guys kind of mentioned before like my thing is harmonies I'm really good at like hearing different harmonies and uh, kind of bringing that into the song uh, maybe sometimes uh making suggestions about the chord progressions or mm-hmm. the structure of the song so it is a group 
like we do, I do like the collaborative, um, you know, uh, approach that we have. Like, um, uh, we, I'm, I don't know how soon we might have a EP or a demo coming out, but hopefully soon. Like, uh, we'll see. Maybe, probably not 2020. Let's say, let's put it out there for 2021. That'll be our resolution as a band. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got recording studios that will that will be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Just Rock um, is a company that's doing you know positive work in the community. It, it also seems like even as instructors, you guys get a pretty diverse kind of range of experiences um, in teaching. Like, um, what has your experience been like with Just Rock? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so Fre- Freddie has been and working for five years now. I, I, um, believe I was hired in October of 2019. So I'm just over a year and I can honestly sell you with, within that time, I have done way more than I ever thought I was going to. I, and I, my, my number one love is teaching. So like Freddie was saying before, you know, I I've had, um, 35 year old, uh, man coming for a ukulele lesson, you know, private lesson and, and, and just older people with a guitar. And that's kind of a one-on-one thing. And then I have, you know, I got a 12 year old student on the French horn. I have a drum student, 15 year old girl on the drums. I did a voice lesson for a while. And then, you know, before, before the unfortunate pandemic hit, um, it was like Wednesday and Thursday afternoon, I was going into a, um, one of our DC public charter schools after school. Um, and I literally did, uh, half hour lessons for pre-k kindergarten and first grade um and then i e- even being online um songwriting classes for an all-girls high school in brooklyn um senior senior center classes um and then i i just kind of list the ex- examples because oh chil- children's hospital performances um the whole thing has been incredible it's just mm-hmm. it's like wow it, it really it really blows me away each time it's like what an array of of different things each each one is different um right. you can you can kind of go in with your little idea um but at the end of the day i i love to hear people's um people's stories and what their interests are mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah shout out to just rock um you know uh if, if not for us working at just rock gray wolf probably wouldn't exist and, um, and, and like Sam said, it has provided so many different opportunities for us to grow as musicians and as educators. Um, like uh, to add on to everything he said, you know, we've done everything from part- partnering with schools, children's hospital and other various uh, healthcare providers. We've, um, we've partnered with senior living homes. Um, we, we do, we teach all ages, private lessons, group lessons. Um, we have different workshops and um, and just providing rehearsal space even at uh, our new studio in Brentwood. Like um, it's just, there's always something going on. Uh, the CEO and founder, uh, Shalita White, she just is always full of vision and, um, and she's so good at networking and bringing people together and uh, like, and, and her goal has always been to just uh, foster ind- independent artists and, and build that confidence in the different musicians who come through. So um, it's just been a great experience for me. Um, very, 
thankful to be a part of it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, if, if you've never uh, experienced Just Rock, uh, I want to shout out to everyone who join us. We do things virtually now. We do things um, in person as well. So there's always a way to connect with us, even if you're local or not. Um, yeah. What have been some highlights um, that Grey Wolf has been, has had um, during its time as a band? Well, that um, uh, some of the big highlights for me, um, so I will say that Grey Wolf kind of has had two phases. We had uh, when it was just Sam and then and then after Sully joined us. So when it was me and Sam, uh, we had a few cool opportunities with Just Rock. Um, we moved into the new studio space at um, Artisan 4100 um, in Brentwood, Maryland. And they let us do a few uh, virtual performances from their lobby area. It was really cool. Um, we could partner with different artists and DJs. And Oh, yeah, uh, we had virtual bar crawls. We had virtual bar crawls as well um, on Instagram. Um, and then um, we played at, you know, uh, Georgetown Farmer's Market. And uh, we would just try to get out there and, you know, try different things and then after Sully joined us um, we started doing monthly open mics at Just Rock so I think uh, well Chris you've been a part of those and um, hopefully some of the listeners and viewers of this podcast might join us in future events but um, I really enjoy doing the open mics it's something where we get to show off what we're working on, but also hear from who else is in town, who else, other local musicians, and I guess musicians anywhere, if they join us virtually, come there join us too, <laughs> like we are yeah. now. There's, uh, there's a great opportunity to kind of like keep things going. And then thirdly, I would like to mention, uh, we did a gig for Halloween this past year at a place called Plants Alive, mm-hmm. and that was pretty awesome. Um, like uh, Sam had found that place because he's interested in plants. He went there one day, saw that they had an event going on. So uh, he ended up booking us a gig there. And uh, it was supposed to be the Thursday before Halloween, but we had bad weather. So it was postponed to Halloween Saturday. And uh, it was a great time. We came up with a kind of Halloween spooky set and, uh, you know, had cool decorations and lighting and other vendors and such. And, so that was, uh, it was cool to see that even in a COVID time, we were able to find, you know, some gigs outside of Just Rock, which we're lucky to have Just Rock, but we also want to, you know, see what opportunities lie just out there in the broader world. So, um, yeah, that was one mm-hmm. of the highlights. Highlights. One was the Just Plants gig, um, or the, excuse me, the Plants Alive gig. Um, <laughs> just Rock. No, the Plants Alive gig um, on Halloween was definitely a highlight because uh, it was a good, decent sized crowd of just people wandering among the plants and viewing plants. But you have this 
spooky Halloween music in the background. I thought it was a cute little setting. And then they had uh, food outside and we had a, a, a tip or treat bucket. And that was really generous of all the people who donated. Um, the other highlight for me was the open mic that you played at, Chris, and where we oh. met. Um, <laughs> because um, going back to you know different songwriting styles, I was really blown away by what you performed that night. Um, oh, thank you, man. <laughs> definitely, it was it was raw, it was vulnerable, it was relatable. Um, you hooked me into your story instantly, and I was following you um, on your on the story you were telling and the journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny, it's like, I don't view that as being super far off from what I'm going for with my songs, like the theme of, hey, we're all in this together, we're really not that different. Um, it's just I add really sort of raunchy over the top lyrics, you know, to, to make it a little more humorous, rather than serious or, or uh, vulnerable, like the way you do. But it's mm -hmm. still this overlying arch of, you know, <laughs> like relationships are awkward and I'm insecure and here's a problem I'm going through. I'm going to express it. And it's okay. <laughs> like it's okay to go through these certain situations. In fact, it's normal and it's okay mm -hmm. to laugh at yourself. And I would, I would actually encourage that a lot. I think um, laughter is a really great medicine and a, a great tool to heal. Um, and so, um, you know, it's funny, like, I don't write songs about specific girls in my life, but I do write songs about girls in general, or, like, situations with girls, but I just, I don't really feel inclined to write, like, a love song about a girl from my past, or about a dream girl, or anything like that, but it's, it's, I'm trying to write something that's relatable, <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's more general, and it's all, it's just this idea of connecting with an audience that you also did, Chris, where you're, you're portraying or you're conveying these lyrics that lurk in the inner back of your head. Right, right, you yeah. Know? That's <laughs> yeah. when you connect with people, and so I thought that was really great, and that was a highlight of mine. Oh, thank you, man, you know, and, you know, recently I've just become, I've been getting more and more interested in, you know, people's motivations for writing and creating music, and, um, you know, because I, I know mine is just about being honest and yeah, just conveying, you know, my inner world. So, you know, I also have some, you know, some raunchy songs as well, where I'm like very honest and it surprises people because they wouldn't expect that. So, you know, I definitely, you know, have some of that too. So yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send it over. <laughs> That's funny. No, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And what about, um, yeah, you, Sam. Oh, some highlights. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, I, I have to um, super quick give uh, credit to my girlfriend for the the plants, um, the plant fanatic that I sort of become throughout this time. We have a whole ton of plants. Um, so, so plants alive was definitely the the best one because I I just I met this dude, um, and he was just like, yeah, we're having an event. It was like two weeks before Halloween. He was like, we're having an event. And I said. <laughs> well, do you need a band? And he was like, we, we could, we, we could use it. Um, and then he was also a drummer. So it was, it was easy to, um, you know, relate and talk to him about what we could do. Um, and that, that, you know, because we did have that event, Freddie went out and got the, the business cards. We had a little poster. Um, so, so that, that event kind of, um, 
I would say we were able to even make a promo video and, and, and put us on the map just a, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely one of my, my more favorite ones. I really enjoyed the uh, little Rose uh, Rose Park, George uh, Georgetown Farmer's Market gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we, we would definitely have some uh, promo videos coming up. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to, we're going to progress even more. And I, I've reached out to a couple places that have been promising, but just maybe after everything is over. So um, I, I see, I see quite a promising lead for a gray wolf in, in 2021. Yeah. How can our audience support the band and each of you individually as musicians? Follow us. <laughs> Follow us. I'm gray wolf band. Uh, you can find us on just about every form of social media. I mean, well, not every, but like, uh, like, <laughs> so it's got a pretty funny joke about all the different kinds of social media we're on. <laughs> Grind old LinkedIn, Kristen Mingle. <laughs> Farmers only. Farmers only? <laughs> we're not on Farmers only, but we are on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, Google Plus. YouTube. So, like, um, if you look for Gray Wolf Band, G R E Y W U L F Band, on any of those uh, platforms, you should be able to find some information about who we are and what we're up to. Hopefully, you'll find some cool clips uh, or audio, or who knows. Like, uh, we're trying to figure out the best way to kind of. Uh, ourselves out there until we eventually create that demo or EP because um, hopefully by then you can find us on streaming services who knows I don't know but um, yeah, that's the goal is to get on Spotify I'd say it's definitely being on, on like a Spotify Apple music but right now we, we definitely got your live performances out on YouTube and they're, they're good you know got some stuff down (laughs) yes people go follow gray wolf everywhere on social media and thanks you guys for joining us on our harmonic car interview thanks thank you man yes all right great pleasure man thank you